Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Alright guys, hi everyone and welcome back to The One Up Project. We've got Tash and Viv, or Viv and Tash, I never know which way to say it around because I feel like, do you guys care who goes in front or are you not really too worried? Uh, whatever goes. Either or. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to talk to you guys today about Instagram and all the things that you get up to because I feel like you've got a really exciting life. So I guess let's get into it. Maybe Tash, do you want to start us off and explain um, what you do as a part of Instagram and what your day-to-day looks like? Yes, happy to. So um, obviously our day-to-day is slightly different at the moment, being in lockdown, but um, I, I guess, am the more creative side of Instagram, and Viv is more the, um, you know, keeps the wheels on the bus side of Instagram. So together it works pretty well because um, we sort of come at it from different backgrounds of uh, initially we got into Instagram about five or six years ago uh, Viv started a s- small sportswear brand, which she was using to drive the majority of her traffic through Instagram to her website to get sales. Um, so she was learning all the ropes when it comes to marketing on Instagram. And I had started a creator account where I basically just wanted to showcase my photography and recipes. Um, and as that grew, I started working with brands and collaborating. Um, and I guess to for your second part of your question, a day-to-day basis, we... We we do actually go into our office normally um, at about 8.30 in the morning mm-hmm. and then our day can vary from often I'm on photo shoots and doing um, the more creative sides of the business, so basically making anything look pretty, um, whether it's in real, in real life or online. Um, and Viv is, Viv, what do you do in the business? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, today all I've been doing is... Um, invoicing and financey kind of stuff that's been my job today otherwise um, a lot of admin and also um, lately it's been a lot focused around lead generation um, and stuff like that but there's a lot of maintenance that comes with um, keeping up with our clients um, and making sure that they're all happy and figuring out what we can sort of do from them so that's more what my days consist of. That's awesome and how did you guys meet? Did you um, just like come to know each other through the gram or...? Yeah, well, we were we were both in Otago studying food science, actually, and we got put in the same group project in our last year, so three-year degree, and we had never met before, which was quite funny considering there's probably only, um, you know, a handful of food sci grads every year, um, but we're actually from, we're both from Tauranga, we both grew up here, so we ended up sort of mm. um, having a lot of mutual friends and kind of friend circles that we didn't know um, almost overlapped, but it wasn't. Yeah, it took a long time in a different city to actually um, cross paths, which was quite good because it meant we, um, you know, in that group project setting, learned that we could work well together before we were friends as such. So it actually went quite well. Because I was thinking, how did you guys realize that you were going to start a business together? But I guess if you were doing group projects, you already knew that you were going to be working well together um, from uni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think. We we did want to do something together in it because we like Tash mentioned we were doing the Insta stuff, um just because so many people were asking us questions of how to do it, um it sort of made sense. Mm. 
And when, how long ago was it that you started Ace the Gram? Tash, maybe you don't want to answer this one. Um, was it five years ago, you said? Yeah, about five or six years ago. Oh, I guess, no, sorry. Um, it was Four. five or six years Four. ago that we started Instagram marketing. Um, but we actually combined our clientels and began Ace the Gram. I was actually living overseas and Viv was here. Um, so we combined it well in different countries. But um, that was about four years ago. Awesome. And were you guys scared when you first started that? Or were you pretty confident and knew that there was going to be a big market of Instagram? Well, Instagram novices, I guess, needing to know a bit more. Um, I think back then it was almost before people were jumping on it and it was when it was because people weren't really jumping on it back then it was effective in a different way because the people that were jumping on it it was almost like a bit of a silver bullet for them it was so effective um so we were just seeing insane results from people um and just really wanting to share that with other clients and then you know as the the platform has matured and other businesses have got onto it, um, the techniques for growth and marketing have got a little bit more sophisticated and you do have to have a bit more strategy in place to be effective, but it's it's equally as effective. You've just, yeah, it just doesn't, um, doesn't come as easily as it did back then. Right, yeah. And is this something I guess you guys were always thinking of doing? I mean, marketing or Instagram marketing probably didn't know that there was a career in it early on is it something that you had always wanted to get into we well, I suppose yeah Instagram marketing interesting no I think I had written goals down to that I wanted to work for myself um, and I didn't know what that was going to look like because obviously I had the sportswear brand at the time um, but that was not pulling in a full-time income all the money was just going back into the business so at that time I did not like that probably wasn't an option um, but the I suppose the first couple of business ideas we had were not um, Instagram related. What what about you, Tash? Did you think you would work for yourself? I'm laughing because I'm thinking about our initial business ideas. Um, and the thing about the thing about Instagram marketing is that it was the most organic direction for us to go because it was something that we'd been, you know, naturally gravitated towards in our own time and that we were helping each other out anyway. So um, I don't know why it took us so long to come to the conclusion that an Instagram marketing business was actually the business for us. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, but obviously, you know, when we were at high school and even the beginning of uni, a career in Instagram marketing definitely didn't exist. So it wasn't something that we either mm. that either of us aspired to be in. It's we we just realized through our own experiences how powerful it could be for brands um, and creators. So that's sort of why we jumped jumped down that road. Do you think it's important for young people to have an idea of what they want to do when they I guess enter into their career journey? Or do you think that it's more of a process of working it out as you go along? Yeah. Um, Who, yeah, nah. Definitely not. I can just do, yeah, just do whatever and be um, be open to learning, I think is the biggest thing. Um, mm. If you, You've got to have that sort of growth mindset, if you like, because if you don't, then that's when, um, you know, you can kind of just end up a little bit stuck. But, you know, it changes all the time. You know, your life circumstances change all the time. So you can't, you can't kind of pick something, or by all means work towards something, but then also be, be open to things changing too. 
Yeah, but I mm. think I think that growth mindset is the key though. Um, because you know, like if you have a strong if you have a strong goal towards something, then if that pivots and it goes in a slightly different direction because you've realised that that's more suited to you, you would have only found found that pivot if you were working hard for that initial thing. Um, so I think you know there is this misconception I think that you know we don't have to we don't have to work towards something at university and things because we can just sort of coast because we're not meant to know what we have to do with our life. Um, and I think there's, you know, truth to that and that often it changes. But but we don't actually know that at that stage of what it's going to change to and we only find out what that change is when we work towards something. So I think having really strong goals is really important. I know one of the books that changed a lot for me at university um, was called The Defining Decade and it was basically about how um, – you know, the the power of goal setting and that the book was sort of about how 20 is not the new, no, how 30 is not the new 20. Um, and it was just saying that, you know, there are so many people these days that are like, yeah, you're just in your 20s, like, you know, do whatever you want. Like, this is your time for living. <laughs> um, and yes, you should. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just really am passionate about, um, you know, having having a bit of a compass so that you are slowly getting towards something that will really fulfill you. Mm, mm. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And you obviously were both very entrepreneurial through uni and you both had your own businesses. What, um, maybe Viv, do you want to start us off here? What do you think was the biggest learning that came from that being so young and, and starting your own business? What was the biggest learning? I think if I like think back, I've always made my own money in some way, shape or form. Um, and I've always kind of, yeah, sort of looked just for opportunities all the time. I suppose like even when I think about where I initially wanted to go, like and what I wanted to do at uni, um, it was actually, I wanted to do pharmacy because I quite like chemistry, even though I failed at chemistry at uni. Um, and, but the reason I wanted to do that is because I wanted to own pharmacies because I was like this, you know. It's like an, you see mm. now, it's like an essential kind of service. And that was always my sort of motivation. So that's always been the underlying um, trend for me there. And then even with the sportswear, I only started that because I it was like a problem I was solving for my, you know, of my own that I sort of wanted it. And then I could only buy wholesale. So I just thought, oh, well, I'll just sell the rest. So that has kind of, that has kind of been with me for, um, it's, it's definitely been an underlying thing that's happened for me the whole time. Was that the question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, that answered it. That was good. Thank you. And Tash, what about yourself with being a content creator, especially now where it's a lot harder for people to start that from scratch and build up a following? What have you found to be some of your learnings from that? Yeah, I think um, I I remember doing a entrepreneur paper at high school um, as part of accounting or whatever it's called at high school um and I remember thinking that sounds like the worst idea ever I was like who would want to be an entrepreneur basically everything is on your own shoulders <laughs> it's so um unstable like just everything I was like that's never going to be me um and then um but what yeah. I didn't realize is sort of all the creative things that I was always drawn to so I always painted and I always um you know created art and photography and I would always 
I guess accidentally built up an audience for that because I naturally gravitated towards websites like Tumblr or, um, you know, sharing that art and photography. And then eventually people were just asking to purchase mm. that. Um, so I guess I had had experience of, you know, selling products and things that I had created, but I'd, I'd always come to it not from a business side, but from a creative side. Um, and that's why, you know, we are such a strong partnership because I'm almost still a little bit like that. Like I definitely have a lot more business savvy <laughs> I've become a lot more business savvy um and you know understand now what makes a business succeed or not um but I guess in my bones it's always more about being creative and I think that that's a really important note for anyone that does want to be a creator or a content creator on Instagram um because I just think people have to go back to the core the core reason for you know what what it is that they makes them different as a creator and what inspires them to create and it's not really about the platform or having followers or um you know making money from it initially it should just be about what what progresses them and inspires them about creation and then sharing that for um to sort of become a part of that community yeah for sure and then I guess it's that love for the creation that makes you more authentic and then you gain more of a loyal following because people can sort of see the the genuine um your genuineness coming through your content as well totally and and saying that I mean I'm all I'm all for growth techniques and ways to get people in front of um you know whatever your message is or your creation is obviously we want to maximize the potential of that and let it be seen to as many people as possible um and where those growth tactics come in that's that's an, an important part of it um but it's not the reason we do it which I think some people lose nowadays mm. it's more about the the Instagram account than it is what they're actually doing yeah yeah for sure and what um some like habits that you see in successful Instagram accounts now is it the person behind it having that passion or is it more about the design and the look of the Instagram account um I think I'll talk about it as a creator and then if you want to give a couple of like brand examples um I guess for a creator account um common threads that I see is obviously that authenticness if you can tell when someone's doing it because it's truly them or versus if they're just doing it for um you know collaborations or having lots of followers um but but I think what the the key point is of people that do have a really good following is they're so strong on what their USP is so what is it that you bring to the table um that's distinctly you and that's different to everyone else that's out there so what's what's going to make you stand out that other people can't can't have because it is you and your signature thing and I think accounts that are really strong on um you know if someone sees a post from that person they automatically know it's them before they see the username uh, that's quite a good indication mm. I think from a sort of brand point of view <clears throat> if you can think that um actually no one cares about your product that's a really great place to start because if you <laughs> you think You've got to think about what can, you know, like what can I bring to the table? What value can I provide to the customers? Even to to the extent of like your brand, like people people remember a brand because of how the way it made them feel. So everything that you're doing is contributing to, you know, someone's kind of emotional result of your product. Um, and how can you sort of get that across in your content on Instagram? Because that's when you start to win, I think. 
And do you think, say, like a lot of people listening to this might have ideas that they want to bring to social media platforms and they have businesses they want to start, but now with so many people having platforms on social media where they're trying to create this brand and um, this uniqueness and genuine content, do you think there's still room for everyone or the market for different industries, I guess, will become too saturated and it will be too hard for anyone to enter at some point? I think no, there's definitely room for everyone. Like the stats in terms of what, you know, the amount of users on Instagram that are following businesses has gone up since last year. So it's nine at it's now at ninety percent of people on Instagram are following a business, which is massive. And of those mm. people, like on Instagram, of which there are more than a billion monthly active users, uh, more than eighty percent actually discover new products and services on Instagram. So there's a massive there's a massive market, and if you think about your target customer, there's a really high chance that they're on Instagram, even if they're slightly older, younger, um, you know, and they may not be the the main kind of core group of people that are on Instagram. There's still a there's still a lot of people. So in terms of um, yeah, I suppose breaking through the noise and whether you get seen, um, that then comes back to how can you leverage other, you know, how can you be smart about it? So, you know, people aren't just going to randomly find you in Instagram space. You need to make sure that you are, you know, leveraging influences that you're getting out there doing giveaways, you know, all your packaging points back to your socials. Um, just thinking really smartly about how you can um, use everything that you're doing to get people to the platform and then also making sure that that value is there, that you keep them engaged and interested. Yeah, for sure. And I know you guys focus on Instagram, but do you think that it's um, worthwhile for people to spread their brand across all social medias now or they should just focus on the ones that are more actively used and start creating TikToks and things like that? Um, I think having a strong platform that is your main platform so that it's, um, and then from that, that's the content you can repurpose onto all the other platforms so that you don't have to, you know, be spreading yourself too thin and creating like crazy. Um, so I think whatever you're naturally in, inclined to be best at. So, you know, if you are a comedy uh, short video TikTok creator and that's your content type, um, by all means, make that your main platform and then have an Instagram to back it up and link everything um, and post every now and then on your Instagram. But definitely have one core platform that you know that your target audience is on and you know that they'll resonate with you the most um, and really hone in on that one and then just repurpose the content out to the rest of the platform so that you do have a presence there. Yeah, it's a really good point. And um, I guess switching gears a bit now with Ace the Gram, having your own business I'm sure can be stressful I don't know I've never had my own business but I hope to have one my, my own one day what have been some stressful stressful times for you guys and how have you come a, across those challenges and sort of risen above those in your business if I look at where I was when I started Vivid Sportswear and the things that I got like um I suppose that sort of got to me that made me stressed um you realize over time that in terms of your fitness for overcoming obstacles um, gets very, very fit over time. So it takes, it can take a lot in terms of, um, you know, things not going your way or, you know, little kind of um, roadblocks and then you just learn that they're sort of going to happen. But in terms of being stressed, um, I get stressed probably, I feel like I get probably more stressed than Tash around stuff. That's mostly though because you do, you know, you know the ins and outs of the business quite thoroughly. So um, you are more, whereas I kind of live in the clouds a little bit and see and see the positive side of things kind of to my detriment that I won't necessarily fix the 
more negative side of things. But I think what we've learned is there's, you know, there's a lot of that can be said about a lot of the time you should be feeling a little bit uncomfortable because that's how much you should be pushing yourself. But as soon as that gut feeling kicks in of, no, I mm. actually think that this, is, this isn't just uncomfortable because I'm pushing myself. This is uncomfortable because it's wrong and it's the wrong direction and it feels wrong. Um, and even if people that you think might be more experienced in business that are you know pushing you along to do a certain thing or they give you advice or um, you know they're in your ear, or they're working alongside you, um, then just sticking true to that gut feeling. It's like it's like anything in life, really, and it is the same in business. You've got to stick to that gut feeling because at the end of the day, your gut feeling is the one that that never really is wrong. It points you in the right place. Yeah, for sure. And with, I guess, COVID-19 in full effect now, how have you seen that affect Instagram and just the Instagram platform in general? We've had we've had a few clients that were sort of non-essential businesses um, pull out, so we've lost some clients. Um, mm-hmm. With that being said, we've still got like a range of clients that are essential services, which has been really awesome and kind of highlights along with our plan of 2020 and with our sort of target customer that we've identified sort of where we need to be. So for us, it's... Um, uh, it will be an interesting ride and like will be all right now, but it's going to be the next few months that come into play. And actually, I mean, for me, looking ahead, um, the best thing that I have done that I've noticed has actually come from my learnings around um, being on some different boards. So that's been really interesting to see how the kind of change and uncertainty has been managed by people that are super, super um you know, skilled and experience. It's been really cool to watch it all kind of happening and contribute to that. So I think for Ace the Gram, um, it's given me a kind of insight into um, that strategic sort of eye of what could happen and what we need to do to make sure we are good. And Tash, do you have any thoughts on that at the moment? Or Yeah, I think um, obviously we're in a more privileged position in that we don't have massive, um, you know, amounts of staff or huge infrastructure or tourism, um, you know, facilities that won't be necessarily being used for a while. Like we do have the, we can work from anywhere. Um, But I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, being quite aware of the times and then we don't know what's going to happen, but maybe just projecting with the information that we have now, how we could pivot slightly to suit the scenario. So I know that, you know, Viv and I just had a call this morning with our business mentor um, and made some changes about being laser focused on maybe a slightly slightly different market because of what has just happened um, and, you know, changing up the ways that we're doing things and being quite agile in um, like the online focuses of the type of things that we might uh, put out in the next few months in regards to maybe you know like a digital marketing bundle of all the things that we have put out in the in the past but do it at a at a decreased rate for um you know a special bundle price that all of these people that are stuck in isolation who are small business owners can actually take advantage of at the moment um, and just just staying super agile and also you know staying positive I'm a little bit too far positive sometimes and that I'll just think oh you know this is this is a great opportunity because of this and this and this but um that two sides of things of you know being realistic about redoing the forecast and the budget and then actually coming up with a game plan of how we're going to make up those lost costs um while being agile and jumping on the the new opportunities that have arisen 
Mm. And it must be interesting for you guys at the moment as well, just seeing the Instagram platform in general. I feel like there's been a boom of like things like lives, um, just content in general. So it must be quite interesting for you guys to see how that's sort of changing as the situation develops. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, you know, I think people are in a position where they're sort of saying, you know, is it okay to post? Like, am I am I supposed mm-hmm. to be posting or not? I had an email from a lady today who was one, at one of our workshops and she said, like, look, I'm an essential service, but, um, you know, to, uh, is it okay to kind of put up posts because she didn't want to appear too um, salesy or anything? So there's a lot of sort of uncertainty in that area as well. But I think um, the ones that are putting out that content on IGTV, they're actually seeing, you know, they're reaping the rewards because everyone's home. There's a lot of eyes on social at the moment. And, you know, while in the first week of sort of this COVID fiasco, there was, you know, you were essentially literally trying to compete for for space against that, mm. um, which is massive. Now we're coming to this sort of, sort of area where um, now there's just a lot of people online. Everyone's kind of got the coronavirus information. Um, and now they're looking for other stuff to do. So it's definitely coming into a, a period where we are going to see hopefully some increased engagement. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess other than this whole situation with um, COVID-19, what do you see the future of Instagram looking like and just your lives in general with the different businesses and things going on? Do you hope that um, you'll get back to doing in-person workshops or do you think you'll do more things online? Or um, I think for us, for a long time, we were quite focused on having an online business that didn't, you know, that wasn't agency style or didn't have um, a lot of the, I guess, traditional business structures that do form an agency style business. And we're actually finding it really rewarding and passionate. Um, we're passionate about building that out now, which is funny timing. Um, that we've mm. we've got all our online systems in place now. We have a great audience, um, and we do want to offer that you know premium service of the all all the done for you skills we've learned over the years for um, that clientele. So while we love the the workshops in person and the online courses we do and all those things a, a big focus is those those core clients that we have of like all the of all the campaigns that we do for those um and within those campaigns those are what mm. what you know is is new and exciting because we get to push the boundaries of what's happening on social and we get to do it alongside the client and be part of that team and that experience and get that get that result for them which is so rewarding so I think we we're just passionate about you know building our clientele and doing an epic job for them and sort of pushing the boundaries of what's been done on Instagram and social before. I guess from both of your points of view you'll have different experiences but Viv, maybe do you want to start um, start us off with something or a few things that you guys wish you you knew before starting your businesses or some helpful tips that would have been reassuring going into business? You know, I actually found the book. I was getting some books from the office today for my isolation activities and um, I actually found the one book that made the biggest difference. Like I read a lot of books, but this one book, it's called Disciplined Entrepreneurship by God knows who, who it was by, but we it was like the course material for um, this entrepreneurship paper I did at uni. And I remember having done all these like marketing and like management papers and I was like, this is all just like so fluffy and whatever. This Disciplined Entrepreneurship book and this paper was like literally the most helpful book in terms of starting a business and like understanding 
you know, at the very basic level where you need to be at um, in order to kind of achieve the the growth and sort of success, if you like, if you need to. I'd really recommend that book. I also think the part that we were missing for so long um, and didn't get properly until we had our business mentor come along is the the kind of just the just the planning, not just in terms of like goals and not just in terms of like breaking them, you know, like you have your goals and you break them down or whatever, but like actually breaking them down, figuring out how, you know, if you've got a task that you want to achieve over the year, how many days is that actually going to take you to achieve and what's the revenue that comes out of that and building that into your financial plan. That was the biggest sort of game changer for us. And that's where, um, yeah, I've seen the most, the most sort of move. Oh my God, that doesn't even make sense. The most movement from us <laughs> um, in the last year or so. Mm. Yeah. And Tash, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's like anything and you, I listen to so many podcasts, you know, Viv's a book reader and I'm a podcast listen to, listener and um, I hear this question for a lot of big successful companies and their CEOs and they often say, um, you know, their naivety was both their biggest strength and their weakness because you can't foresee all the hurdles you'll have mm-hmm. and you don't know you don't know how difficult certain aspects are going to be, which is a good thing because otherwise you probably wouldn't start. Um, but also you know, that it's their biggest weakness as well because you then see people who have had, you know, five great businesses in the past, start a new business, have it up and running and crush it in the first six months because you learn so much from business and you learn, um, you know, the core the core things that pushes the needle forward. And one of those things like is what Viv was saying is, you know, having a forecast that, that it sometimes comes a little bit further down the line. So when you're initially concept specializing your business you can't do a fully detailed business plan because there are so many unknowns but as you go um you know evolving that business plan into something that you can forecast and then not only forecast for goals for the business but match budgets and pricing with that so that you know your cash flow because we all know that you know cash flow is the number one reason why businesses go under so yeah I think that has definitely been a game changer and I think within that it's given us a lot of structure I've always been someone that's been completely allergic to structure and doesn't like full-on routine but um what this has taught me is you get so much more freedom when you have a good structure because within that structure there's all this movement and room to breathe instead of you know waking up every morning and having the weight of every aspect of your business on your shoulders. I actually um, on Tuesday cliche read um, the seven day startup because I've never read it before and I think for someone starting that is that's an epic book that's an epic book to start with and I read it in a couple of hours so highly recommend. Okay yeah I've, I've never heard of that book actually. Yeah, it's, they've sold a lot of copies. Yeah, I was like, surely yeah. you know about this one. I don't. No, I have to give all these books a go. <laughs> oh, you don't either. Yeah, great book. Yeah, I have. I love my my books like that, so I have to get into it. I appreciate that. That was really good advice. And on that note, I think we'll we'll wrap it up there. But I really appreciate you guys coming on and sharing your tips and experiences with everyone because it'll be super valuable for those people who are just exiting uni and have no idea what they're doing with their life and might need a little bit of guidance and know they want to work for themselves so I really appreciate it thanks so much for having us us on yeah it was fun 
Alright guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project and I'll catch you on the next one.